Hello and welcome to the April 11th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have you here with me today, and of course, it is always wonderful to be out there with you as well. Well, oh well, has it been quite some time. I honestly do not even remember the last time that I recorded a podcast, uh, just so everybody is aware, because multiple people have reached out to me via email, I am okay. I have not been hospitalized. Um, I know Mr. Joe a lot of times makes these empty promises to some extent where I say, hey, I'll be back in a couple of days or every other day. Uh, but if I'm being perfectly honest with you, my life has changed so much over the last few weeks that... Um, I just don't know how often I'll be able to record. My goal is to do at least three a week, and I will continue to try to knock that out. Um, but if I can, I, I apologize. I really do. I'm very sorry. Uh, and I'll get into what has gone on over the course of the last month or so. Um, but again, I've been away a long time, and I am actually in one of my newest creations right now, something that I helped to build and design, and uh, I'm on my break, and I'm in a building that I run, one of the several that I run, and I have a new um, headset on, new equipment for my podcast, so if, in fact, this does not come out well, uh, I apologize, I really do. Uh, I'll listen to it myself, and I should be able to, to, to determine whether or not the other way is a better way, but if you have any suggestions or feedback or if this is just completely unbearable, uh, um, you know, reach out to me, MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com, and let me know. Now, what's going on with my life? Um, I guess life in general, if that makes any sense. Life for a man that has children, four to be exact, two in which are in their teenage years, and two which are in their pre-pre-preschool years. And just so everybody knows, the baby is doing absolutely great. Um, she's had some restless nights in terms of her sleeping patterns, but, you know, my wife takes care of all of that, God bless her, and Mickey still happens to be part of my newest, um, I don't want to say responsibility because he's always been my responsibility, but I guess you could say my, in the middle of the night, nah, because that's always been my responsibility as well to try to go in there lately and calm him down, but to let him in our bed and convince him that laying with daddy and snuggling with daddy, um, is as valuable as laying with mommy and by God I have achieved that 
And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I mean, I am going to remember these years or these moments for a very long time to come. It brings me back to my older kids, obviously, in which I have no control over anymore in terms of their affection for me. But I'll tell you what, my little guy, Mickey, oh, God, will I remember this. And it, and again, I remember doing it with um, Sarah Lee. I remember doing it with Junior. I remember all of that. It's just been many, many years since I've done it, so... I think at an older age, I don't want to say that it means more, but because it's happening now and I can't really think back to the age of 26, um, obviously it's just more in my mind and um, a visual or tactile um, thing that goes on in my life rather than trying to recall from a memory. So uh, while I'm sleeping better, from a bipolar perspective and what that means simply is I'm not waking up as much in the middle of the night my sleep patterns are still relatively off because my son does wake up um, at times anywhere between 3 and 5 a.m. now today he slept till 6 a.m. and then I was able to bring him into the bed those are fine those days are great but a couple of nights ago we had a real rough one uh, in terms of both kids up and my wife and I did, just did not sleep at all. And, you know, last night I think was another rough night for my wife. She ended up on the couch with the baby. So it has not been easy. But with that being said, somebody who has bipolar disorder, who has their ups and downs, I am proud to say that I have undoubtedly been able to adjust to this uh, to some extent. I did increase my Wellbutrin, and I'm almost positive that I did report on that um, when it was done, and that was quite some time ago, maybe not a month ago, but possibly two weeks ago, two and a half weeks, and I have to say, minimal, minimal side effects, if any at all, upon increasing. I clearly needed that additional dosage of 150 milligrams for a total of... 450 a day yeah 450 milligrams a day um clearly i needed it the first time around that i tried that it was horrifying and i had to go back down to 300 but this time around it, it has certainly helped i think to be honest with you it's it's the one thing that has gotten me through my sleepy days now um with that being said <laughs> we are not completely out of the woods yet because this podcast is, I guess you could say, dedicated. And I don't have a name for it yet, so I'm going to have to come up with something. Dedicated to those of us who think, for some reason, and you know Mr. Joe has been here before, but for some reason or another, we think that we are in the clear. We think... That no matter what happens, what we do, yes, we are going to have our mood swings, but for the most part, we know how badly they're going to affect us, how long they're going to last. Obviously, listen, without medication, we don't know any of those things. But for those of us who are medicated and we've built this level of confidence up in which we think that we are untouchable, Obviously, until something goes wrong. Um, but for the most part, most of our depressed, at least Mr. Joe's depressive and um, manic swings, they don't last weeks and weeks on end, possibly even months, 
like they used to. To be honest, I believe I was in manic mode most of my life, or at least for a period of six months out of a year, for many, many years. So um, while I won't say it's enjoyable to have episodes that are less in um, duration and less in severity, because they still are pretty bad at times, uh, we think, to some extent, or at least Mr. Joe thinks, he's untouchable, and I will never be back in that evil, awful place in which I scared the living hell basically out of everybody who I came in contact with or who I had a relationship with. And there's a reason why this happened. And most times I cannot really pinpoint as to why Mr. Joe uh, flips his lid, so to speak, it's usually stress, if anything at all. Sometimes it's really upsetting because I just can't seem to determine um, what it is that has turned me into a depressive person or made me manic. It's interesting because the mania, when that comes on, it's really distinct and I could really feel it and tell and I feel like I'm on top of the world. And again, unfortunately, that feeling does not last very long. That's the hypomania. Whereas the depression... I, I never really feel it coming on. I just, I don't know. It's very strange how it works. But then it comes on and hits you like a ton of bricks. And you feel just horrible when it comes on. Now, again, I don't know all the time what causes this other than my brain chemistry, uh, stress, anxiety, just everyday life. I, I just have no idea. But Mr. Joe will tell you this that I had probably last Friday, so that would be almost a week ago, approximately six days ago, Mr. Joe had the most violent, aggressive, manic, irritable moment that I've had in, a, in an extremely long time. As a matter of fact, I think we're going back to when I first started recording back in November of 2017, when I finally realized that I had to get myself back on meds and I was banging my head against the wall and uh, engaging in self-injury and cutting and all those things. And we've been through this conversation before, so I don't have to rehash it. But... What I will say is that six days ago, Mr. Joe was right back there. And this time around, I had plenty of a good reason for it. My life has been turned so much upside down, not in a bad way, but in terms of what I am used to from a family perspective and dealing with four children, from a work perspective in terms of opening up a new business in which this new business essentially stretches all across Mr. Joe's, not neighborhood, but Mr. Joe's surrounding neighborhoods and even further than that. Uh, so it's been rather difficult in terms of, I love it, I enjoy it, I think it's great, but it's stressful and there's a lot to do. And I think because of all of this, one thing led to another and you know we get so busy that I had recognized on Friday morning, again, going back to the time in which I lost my my mind, for the most part, I never took my medication in the morning. And when I say never took my medication in the morning, I mean I missed everything. I missed my Wellbutrin, the entire dosage, 
and I missed my mood stabilizer. And to make matters worse, when I discovered that I forgot all these things, I also noticed that the night before I forgot to take my Lamictal. Now, I know many of you may say to yourself, "Ah, what's a day? What's a dose? And believe me, I've been there before. I've missed a dose here and there, and sometimes it's affected me, and sometimes it has not. Um, I believe a lot of times it is mind over matter. But I will tell you this, before I even knew, and what I meant by that, I apologize, is a lot of times once we realize that we've forgotten our medication, um, our brains can uh, all of a sudden start to trick us, I guess you could say, and then we expect the worst to happen. But I will tell you this, Mr. Joe was an absolute lunatic before I even realized that I had forgotten my medication and I just could not for the life figure out why in the world I was seeing patterns on the floor and in bathrooms and in three-dimensional um, in three-dimensional ways. I could not understand why I was in one aspect, so tired, but in the next moment, so driven to do so many different things to the point where I just could not keep myself focused on one activity. And then when I arrived home after work, and by the way, I, um, I caused a horrifying fight with somebody that I love. And I've, I've made it a point to try not to talk about anybody who I think might listen to this podcast, whether it be negative or positive, okay? So obviously you'll hear my children, I'll talk about them, because they are not listening, Um, but there will be certain people that I will eliminate, and I will just um, explain to you that it's somebody very close to me that I love, and... Um, obviously, uh, who else could I be referring to in this type of a situation? Somebody who I love and I share a life with. Well, I had plans with her one particular evening to be with her family. And that was on Friday night. And let's just put it this way. I also had plans, and my memory is so bad that I cannot even recall. Oh, yes. Last weekend was WrestleMania weekend, and all of you know that I'm really into wrestling. And Sunday, um, we were to invite some people over, and right away that had bothered me from the time that it was kind of set up, although I agreed to it. I just didn't want to be around anybody, and not because of a bipolar mood, but more or less because I didn't want to be bothered. I really get into my wrestling, and so many times I've had people over and parties and things of that nature, and um, nobody's into it like I am. So I'll be trying to listen to an interview of some sort, and nobody cares. So I just didn't want it, but nevertheless, I agreed to it, and obviously that remained in my mind. So I was not happy about Sunday to begin with, and then Friday, we've all talked about how horrible we would treat people or how horrible we would behave because we just didn't want to be somewhere or go somewhere. And a lot of times it was the only way out. And we don't do it necessarily to get out of the situation. We do it because we're so overwhelmed and anticipating the situation and have no desire to be there. Not because we dislike the people that we're going to be around necessarily, but because we just can't function. 
And I knew Friday, based on my three-dimensional sights, my moods, that I just didn't think I could handle Friday night. And the last time that I gave any kind of a problem with a significant other who I love was, again, dating all the way back to when I was banging my head in the wall and doing all those self-injurious things and really, really having horrifying mood swings, which, which ultimately led me to get back on medication. This was as close as you could possibly get, and it started in the car ride home in which I started making all kinds of excuses as to why I did not want to be where I was supposed to be on Friday and I more or less blamed it on Sunday's events. <laughs> so that, I, I mean, you know, really ultimately what it came down to is when Sunday then was rectified immediately and the quote-unquote get-together was canceled, there should have been no reason why Friday should not have been an acceptable and doable visit for me. But I couldn't. I absolutely could not. And I realized that in trying to get out of it and using Sunday as an excuse, well, once that was rectified and um, created in a way that it was acceptable to me, I had nothing else to go off of. Um, you know, Listen, Sunday's fixed. What does this have to do with Friday? Why would you behave this way? Screaming and yelling about things that really do not matter when I've just fixed our Sunday. So clearly it was just a, a, um, just a horrible, horrible swing. And then of course when I arrived home, nobody happened to be home at that period in time and Again, I was communicating with my significant other um, while she was driving and while I was driving home from work, and I yelled and I screamed and I tantrumed over the phone, and then when I arrived home and saw that I had not taken my medication in the morning, nor had I taken my medication the night before, and to be honest, God only knows if I had taken it the day before in the morning as well. I mean, for all I know, it could have been two days that I missed, but whatever it might be, it really affected me. And when I walked in, um, my behavior essentially continued because I couldn't accept the fact that I felt the way that I felt and I was doing what I used to do a very long time ago and it was very upsetting to me. So what did I do? Ultimately, I took it out on everybody else. And when I tell you I screamed, I yelled the top of my lungs about how I didn't want to be where I was going on Friday. And if I had a flu or a cold, and that would be acceptable. But because I'm a mental case and I am bipolar, that is not allowed. On and on and on. Till the, to the point, everybody, where I, I yelled so much that, number one, my kids couldn't even come into the house. Number two... Um, I upset anybody and everyone who might have been around me who heard the yelling. And number three, I actually almost lost my voice because I was so so angry and, and, and screaming at the top of my lungs, overreacting in a way that made absolutely no sense, making threats that I was going to stab myself in the throat. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, what it came down to is I, I, I ended up getting my way 
staying home Friday night, and I, climb, I essentially I climbed into bed uh, with every intention of going to sleep because we've all been there when we just know we can't go any longer. And it was a combination of the mania and my behavior knocking me out in now combination with the rapid cycling and the mixed episodes in which I became extremely sad and immediately depressed to the point where I just wanted to crawl under those covers. But interestingly enough, and we've all been there before, although I was exhausted, I just couldn't sleep. Although I was awake... (laughs) I just couldn't stop crying. So we had all these moods and and swings within one, I guess you could say, 12-hour period. So we have exhaustion but unable to sleep. Being too awake but being unable to think. Because I have so many racing thoughts in my head. Then the guilt piled up on top of that about the fact that I couldn't pull it together to do what I needed to do Friday. The crying. The inability to even focus on something on TV. You know, hey, Mr. Joe, get everything out of your mind and put something on that you normally enjoy, a.k.a. Judge Judy. (laughs) That's a good example. And just concentrate on that. That's all. Couldn't do it no matter what. So it was just a round robin of guilt and multitude of emotions. And unfortunately, and we've been there before, this mood escalated into the wee hours of the night, 3 a.m. That happened to be a very bad night with the children. And each and every time I woke up, I was madder and madder at everyone and anything around me. And I made horrible comments and disgusting statements under my breath. And for the first time in a long time, the regret and the guilt didn't happen five minutes after I behaved in such a way. It just kept going and I kept behaving the way that I used to behave. And it's like I couldn't turn it off. Next day I woke up. And the guilt was just so overwhelming because now I no longer want to yell at anybody. Now I want to go to to work out at the gym to try to get myself back on track. And I even feel bad about doing that and leaving my children. And at the same token, I've yet to apologize to anyone, including my significant other, in terms of the behavior that I engaged in. And as a matter of fact, I could not find the words or go about it in any way in terms of figuring out how to apologize. I kept putting it off and putting it off. Um, And even my apology, it just seemed to be, I don't want to say not sincere, but it was almost like I was apologizing for something that I had no idea how to control. And at the same time, um, I guess the, the ultimate thing that went on here is I scared people into thinking that at any time, any place, any day, anywhere, Mr. Joe can turn back into the old Mr. Joe that he once was before medication. So let's assume 
that it was because I did not take my medication that particular morning and the night before and even potentially the day before. So you're talking about three doses possibly of medication, which clearly completely unstabilized me. You know, I did not have antidepressants in my system, yet I acted like a maniac and I was irritable. You know, so one thing obviously does not make sense in terms of, you know, you you would think you don't take your antidepressants, you would immediately get depressed. Well, Mr. Joe, it didn't work that way. And it's probably because the mood stabilizer was just not in my system at all, um, you know, for quite some time, at least at least two doses. And I guess essentially what it comes down to is Mr. Joe is so sensitive to medication, so bipolar, so schizoaffective <laughs> that all of these things are so important. If I miss them, I'm really going to screw myself up, meaning my medication. And it would make sense to some degree because I've always had sensitivity to medication. And multiple doctors have commented on that and they recognize that I do. It's not something that's in my head. I immediately get the side effects within a few days. Um, and, you know, it takes me a really long time either to adjust to medication on, uh, you know, on many occasions or um, I just can't deal with the side effects. They affect me in a way that they don't affect other people, and the, the, the good doesn't weigh out the bad. So based on the fact that I am so sensitive when I take medication, well, why wouldn't I be so sensitive when I come off medication for a few days? And I, I will say this. Missing a dose here and there is not going to kill you, okay? But, you know, when you go two, three in a row, it's not a good thing, everybody. Clearly, it's not a good thing. And uh, Mr. Joe was just a complete animal, a complete lunatic. Um, thankfully, I just want everybody to know, since Saturday, we're talking about now Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Well, let's not even include Saturday because that was a con uh, that was an extension of my behavior on Friday. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have five days in which I felt really good. Listen, my sleep, again, I'm sleeping well from a bipolar perspective, meaning I'm not waking up in the middle of the night. Um but maybe it's because I'm getting woken up by my kids in the middle of the night. Um, if that makes any sense, I don't know. I, I mean, so for the most part, other than the lack of sleep based on my family life, I have to say for this week, it's been pretty good. Um, I do have some stress that remains from work, but I guess because I'm kind of stabilized again, I'm able to handle everything like a normal person would. And it feels good to be in that, in that, um, realm, in that state of mind once again. And hopefully this allows me to, um, figure out a way, come up with a time and, uh, work out a way in my day in which I can continue to podcast. And I will tell you this, if it becomes an issue with work and my breaks during lunch, I will have to shift to my nighttime podcasting again. Uh, so I, you may get some um, notifications about available downloads during the nighttime hours because I need this for me as well. I need it. And I think a big reason as to why I've had so many difficult weeks. A big reason as to why Friday I could not pull myself together from a therapeutic standpoint is because I didn't have my audience to talk to and for them to listen to me talk. 
And I've said it many times before, regardless of how I might be feeling at the moment, man, when I get off this podcast, I feel so refreshed. I feel so good about myself. I feel so good about my audience, knowing that we've connected and communicated again. And usually my days are that much better because of it. So I'm grateful for today. I'm grateful to be back. I'm glad to be back into your ears and uh, hopefully... Everybody's been able to catch up with my episodes and now we can move forward and concentrate on our mental illnesses, our bipolar disorder, our schizoaffective, our ADD, and all those other wonderful things that are included in our lives. Um, so I guess I could say thank you for being patient. Really, thank you. Because this is the way that, you know, audiences drop off. This is the way that people lose listeners. And I don't ever want to lose that because I know that this is important for everybody who is listening. So, again, thank you for waiting and thank you so much for being patient. If you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or a drug addiction, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe. I will see you guys again real soon. Well, we'll talk again real soon. Have a great day, everybody.